0: Have you ever been on a boat when the water's really choppy and the wind is going? How did you feel during this experience? Maybe you experienced a rush of anxiety as you had these nightmares about falling overboard or having the water capsize your boat. Maybe you're a bit of a daredevil and you're actually really excited about this and you got a hit of adrenaline. My family and I go on a vacation to Hilton Head, South Carolina every other year. And during these family trips, we try to go on an excursion as a family. We've gone parasailing, we've gone kayaking, we've gone shark fishing, but more often than not, we do a guided jet ski tour. And four years ago, we talked my wife, Kate, into going on this jet ski tour with us. We kept hyping up this tour, we kept telling her, you're going to have so much fun, it's not even that bad, it's a lot of fun, you're going to be perfectly fine. But unfortunately, the water was very choppy that day, and it was anything but a smooth ride. The entire time, Kate was clinging on to me for dear life, and they almost had a prior off of me with a crowbar once we were done. The whole time, she was shouting in my ear, this is terrible, salt water's getting in my eye. When's this gonna be over? I'm never gonna do this again. And even as the driver, I'll admit, I was not having fun whatsoever. It felt like at any moment, we were gonna be thrown from the jet ski. Well, this morning, we're gonna be studying a storm that the disciples had to go through on the Sea of Galilee, a storm that was much worse than the choppy waters that Kate and I had to endure all those years ago on the jet ski. We'll learn that the storm wasn't a natural phenomenon that just came out of nowhere. It was a purposeful trial that Jesus brought into the lives of his disciples that they can catch a glimpse of his power and his authority. You know, we live in a really difficult time. The past several months have brought a lot of unexpected challenges and it seems like every single week something new pops up and it's really easy to give ourselves over to a sense of discouragement and maybe even hopelessness. And I've been praying all week that the Lord would use this story from the Gospel of Mark to encourage you and to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus as you endure the storms of this life. I've been praying that Jesus would calm the raging storms of anxiety and fear that may be raging within you right now. Jesus doesn't want us to fear in the midst of the storms of trials. He wants us to know and to believe that He is always with us and He will never forsake us. So this morning we're going to talk about three reasons why we shouldn't fear in the midst of the storms of this life. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41, and we'll read that together. On that day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go to the other side, and leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat. The boat was already filling, but he, Jesus, was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke, and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? So we're going to discuss three reasons why we shouldn't fear in the midst of storms. First, I shouldn't fear because my Creator brings storms into my life for a reason. My Creator brings storms into my life for a reason at this point in the gospel of mark jesus had just finished preaching several parables to a large crowd that was on the shore of the sea of galilee while he was in a boat and after he finished his teaching he tells his disciples to row them across the sea of galilee and don't let that name fool you the sea of galilee is actually a large freshwater lake and the sea of galilee is actually surrounded by all these different mountains that are filled with deep ravines and these ravines we sometimes shoot these giant gusts of wind towards the Sea of Galilee, and a really intense and life-threatening storm could come out of nowhere. And one of these storms happens in the story we're reading today. The storm just comes upon them without any notice. This wasn't just a light breeze that caused a little ripple across the water. In his gospel, Matthew actually uses the word seismos to describe this storm. Seismos means earthquake. It was like someone grabbed a snow globe and was shaking the water inside of it. Water was pouring into the boat and the disciples were terrified that they were going to die. And at least seven of these 12 men were experienced fishermen, but they knew this storm was so intense that they couldn't do anything to fight against it. What they needed was the intervention of their God. Thankfully, the miracle maker and the creator of the winds, the waves, and the rain was actually in the boat with them. And I think it's really funny that Jesus says, well, the text says that Jesus rebukes the wind and the waves. Like he was scolding a child who's out of control and having a temper tantrum. He says, peace, be still. Or as another translation puts it, Hush, be still. And as he says this, the storm immediately stops. The massive waves vanish, the howling winds are silenced, and the surface of the lake becomes like glass. It didn't take a couple minutes for the storm to stop. It stopped like the snap of a finger. Just try to imagine witnessing this miracle with your own two eyes. We so often read these stories and gloss over them because we've come across them so many different times. But imagine how terrifying, imagine how awesome it would have been to see this miracle. Jesus proves that he is the all-powerful creator and sustainer of this universe by calming this storm. In the book of Colossians, Paul tells us that Jesus literally holds everything together. And without him, our bodies, this solar system, our planet would all fall apart. In this passage, we see that Jesus has power that goes far beyond our limited imaginations and he can do what seems impossible. But whose idea was it? for them to cross the Sea of Galilee. It was Jesus, right? If he knew that the storm was coming, why would he lead them into it? What is the purpose? Jesus wanted his disciples to see and understand how powerless they truly were and to see how powerful he really is. We can be very stubborn at times and we think that we can handle life on our own, especially when things seem to be going well for us. We forget how much we need God on an everyday basis. Sometimes God leads a storm into our lives to powerfully remind us of how much we actually need him. C.S. Lewis wrote this famous phrase, this famous couple sentences in his book, The Problem of Pain. Pain insists upon being attended to. God whispers to us in our consciences, but shouts, In our pains, it is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. God also brings trials into our lives to smooth out our sinful and rough edges and mold us into the image of Jesus Christ. There are some lessons that you can only learn in the middle of a storm. An overabundance of luxury and comfort does not lead to spiritual depth and maturity. If you've read the Bible over the past several years, then you will quickly realize that your comfort is not very high on God's priority list. Listen to this quote that I came across a couple weeks ago as I was studying for this message. The disciples had no way at that terrible moment of knowing it, but that miserable storm was a vehicle for teaching them about God and His power in their lives. The storm was essential to their spiritual development. Without difficulties, trials, stresses, and even failures, we would never grow to be what we should become. Storms are a part of the process of spiritual growth. I in no way want to diminish the pain and the trials that you're going through right now. Walking through the valley of the shadow of death is not an easy journey, and there are going to be times when you feel like giving up. There are going to be days when life just seems random, where life just seems pointless. But I want you to know this morning that the Lord never wastes your pain. He always brings a trial. He always brings a storm into your life for a very specific reason. It's always for your ultimate good and for God's glory. Instead of growing bitter and asking God, why is this happening? Ask God, what do you want me to learn through this trial? What do you want me to do in the face of this trial? The why question will drive you insane because you'll never know the answer in this life. But the what question will drive you towards holiness. It will drive you to trust in the Lord with everything that you have. All right, secondly, I shouldn't fear because my Savior cares about me more than I can possibly imagine. My Savior cares about me more than I could possibly imagine. So while this storm is raging around them, what is Jesus doing? He is sound asleep. I'm a pretty uh, heavy sleeper, but I definitely couldn't sleep through this hurricane-like storm. There's this life-threatening storm happening all around them and Jesus is sleeping away on his cushion without a care in the world. And the disciples are so frustrated, they're so confused, They start waking Jesus up. I imagine them yelling in his face, grabbing his shoulders, and shaking him. And once he wakes up, in their frustration, they say, Teacher, don't you care that we're perishing? How often have we said something like that to God? How often have we thought something like that? We're going through a really difficult trial. We're in pain. We feel hopeless, and we say, God, do you even care about me? God, do you even see what's going on in my life? Have you forgotten about me? The disciples mistook Jesus' lack of fear as a lack of love. And we often do the same exact thing. When we experience suffering, we get caught up in the pain of the moment and we're unable to see the big picture. Unlike Jesus, we can't see how everything works together for our ultimate good and His glory. But we have to realize this morning that Jesus isn't pacing around heaven right now, worried about how he's going to solve this whole coronavirus situation. He's not stressed out about how he's going to lead you through the trials that you're going through right now. Jesus isn't remotely stressed out about your problems at all. I heard one pastor say that Jesus rules the universe with his feet up. You know, it's really hard for me to wrap my mind around, but my son, Sam, was already over eight months old. And before he was born, just to be honest, I was worried that I wasn't going to feel that love for him that I should have as his father. I didn't feel connected with him like Kate did because he was growing in her body for over nine months. But once he was born, I saw him for the very first time. It was like a wave of love just splashed over me and that love has grown every single day since he's been in our lives and by god's grace he's a really good baby he doesn't really fuss that much he sleeps really well he eats really well but he still has his moments kate and i call the final hour before sam goes to bed the dark hour because that is the time where he is the most whiny and he gets really upset by the smallest things thankfully sam really enjoys the baths that we give him now during his dark hour but several months ago he used to hate them he would cry and cry and cry when, whenever we put him in the bathtub and whenever we took him out and he got really cold. He would give me this look that seemed to communicate, Dad, why are you doing this to me? Don't you care about me? I hate this. And in those moments, to be honest, I usually laughed because it was pretty funny, but I also wanted him to understand. I wish I could communicate to him how much I loved him and how I was doing this for his good experiencing this love for my son has helped me to grasp the unconditional love that my heavenly father has for me my love for sam is blown out of the water by the heavenly father's love for me as his son i'll never be able to love sam as much as god loves him our god's love for us should give us a sense of security and peace as we face the hardships of life, as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. After he calms the storm, Jesus says this to the disciples, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? In other words, why are you guys so afraid? Why are you so fearful? Don't you know that I'm here? Don't you know that I care about you? Jesus is trying to give all of us that same message right now. He's saying, why are you so afraid? Why are you so nervous? Don't you know that I love you more than you can possibly imagine? As I said earlier, Jesus isn't remotely stressed out about your problems, but he does deeply care about your problems. Finally, I shouldn't fear because my God can bring lasting peace. My God can bring lasting peace. In the ancient world, bodies of water like the Sea of Galilee were symbols of unstoppable destruction and the chaos of life. Sailors and fishermen were helpless while they were in the water. They couldn't do anything to fight against these storms when they came. And there are so many different deities that are associated with water. The Greeks believed in Poseidon, the Romans believed in Neptune. They believed that this a powerful body of water can only be controlled by an even more powerful God. This past week I looked up on Wikipedia. There are over 200 false deities that are related to water. And sailors, fishermen, those who made a living on the water would constantly pray to these deities asking for their mercy, asking for their help, asking for safe travel. And we see a perfect example of this in the book of Jonah. After Jonah ran away from God, he hops a ship to go the opposite direction of Nineveh. And What does God do? He sends a massive storm his way. And the sailors on the ship are praying. They're praying to their false gods and nothing happens because their gods were not real. The Lord God of Israel, the only true God, was the one who sent this storm and only he could stop it. The only way for it to stop was for Jonah to be thrown into the water. And as soon as he hit those waves, the storm ceased as they did that day on the Sea of Galilee. And several times throughout the Gospels, Jesus compares himself to Jonah and he even talks about the signs of Jonah. What is this sign of Jonah? What is Jesus talking about? He never disobeyed God or ran away. How is he like Jonah at all? Well, Pastor Tim Keller talks about this very eloquently in his book King's Cross. Listen to what he says. Jesus meant this. Someday I'm going to calm all storms, still all ways. I'm going to destroy destruction, break brokenness, kill death. How can he do that? He can do it only because he was on, because on the cross he was thrown willingly like Jonah into the ultimate storm, Under the ultimate waves, the waves of sin and death, Jesus was thrown into the only storm that can actually sink us, the storm of eternal justice of what we owe for our wrongdoing. That storm wasn't calmed, not until it swept him away. If the sight of Jesus bowing his head to that ultimate storm is burned into the core of your being, you will never be able to say, God, don't you care? And if you know that he did not abandon you in that ultimate storm, what makes you think that he would abandon you in the much smaller storms you're experiencing right now? And someday, of course, he will return and still all storms for eternity. Man, if that quote doesn't encourage you and give you hope right now, then I don't know what will. Jesus calmed the raging storm of God's wrath that was coming right for you By taking the full brunt of it upon the cross. He turned God's anger for your sin upon himself so that you could be at peace with the Father. Because of Jesus, you no longer are an enemy of God, but a friend and a beloved child. That same Savior is the only one who can give you true and lasting peace as you face pain and suffering. I don't know what you're going through right now, but God does and so do you. Maybe you're experiencing a lot of anxiety about the direction our country is heading in right now. You keep wondering how COVID is going to keep messing up our nation, your work, your finances, the lives of your children. Maybe you're really stressed out about Work right now. You're really not looking forward to going into work every single day or doing those Zoom meetings you still have to do on a daily basis. You don't know what's going to happen with your job tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. Maybe you're experiencing some health issues or a loved one is going through some health issues and you're worried that God's not going to come through the way that you want Him to. If you're wrestling with anxiety right now, please go before the Lord this morning and ask for His perfect peace. Peter tells us in his first epistle to cast all of our anxiety upon God because he deeply cares for us. We are far too weak to handle the stresses and anxieties of life. God alone has the strong enough shoulders to bear our burdens. We can't handle them alone. Listen to what Paul has to say about worry. Do not be anxious about anything but in everything, By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So please replace worry in your life with prayer. Every time you start feeling anxiety creeping into your heart and mind, immediately come before God and ask him for confidence in him and his plans for your life. Allow the peace of God to be like a strong and intimidating bodyguard that keeps anxiety and fear from entering and controlling your heart and your mind. So I'm going to close this, mes- this message with words from a hymn that perfectly capture the theme, the feeling of this story from Mark. The hymn is Our Great Savior by John Wilbur Chapman. Really listen to these lyrics let them encourage your heart and your mind. Jesus, what a help in sorrow while the billows o'er me roll. Even when my heart is breaking, He, my comfort, helps my soul. Jesus, what a guide and keeper while the tempest still is high, storms about me, night overtakes me. He, my pilot, hears my cry. Hallelujah, what a savior. Hallelujah, what a friend. Saving, helping, keeping, loving. He is with me to the end. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for who you are and what you continually do in our lives. We thank you that you are the calmer of the storm. Lord, help us to trust you as we go through whatever we're going through right now. And help us to experience your peace. We pray that we would continue to grow in you and become more like your son. In Jesus' name, amen.